Night Conversations. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Closet Note that the views expressed on this show. All right, let's uh, get to it. Dr. Mpumelelo Ngube, who's the head of department and senior lecturer at the Department of Social Work at the University of the Free State, is uh, joining us now to speak about intimate partner violence, um, something that is quite uh, prevalent in South Africa. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Ngube. I know we've been trying and trying, but connectivity was not on our side. I hope this time we've got a secure line. Indeed, Sosal, thank you very much for being patient with me. The line is just being finicky today, but let's hope it sustains. Well, it's going to sustain because this is a conversation that uh, is needed for us as South Africans. I mean, from a social work point of view, what has caused the increase of uh, intimate partner violence? We are seeing so much of it. Physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse. Um, the partners were showing controlling behaviors, even some uh, to a point of killing, maiming, cutting, burning their partners. What has caused this? Thank you very much for the opportunity, Sotole. This is um, unfortunately an endemic problem, and in actual fact, it's a, it's a global phenomenon. Um, not only prevalent in South Africa, it's a, but it's a global, yeah, global issue. But of course, South Africa being one of those countries that are leading in the prevalence of um, um, the, the, the highest numbers of, uh, of cases of intimate par- uh, partner violence. So it, it, it is a concern, and as you are asking to say, from a, a social point of view, what brings this about? Of course, we we are um, a, a country that has emerged from a historical past, but uh, that on its own cannot be the only reason why we've got even the current generation is um, as violent as it is towards women. But of course, we again we, we we quite know that the issues of patriarchy are still very prevalent. We're still dealing with those issues um, even now. But again, uh, again, it goes back to how we we, we are socialized. We are socialized to believe that um, the, um, women are um, actually second citizens and uh, they need to owe their being to men and men they have to detect um, what a, a woman has to do if a woman does not comply to what a man is, is requiring um, of her to do then aggression becomes the response to that. This, this element of aggression, as I indicated, that we've got a historical element to it. In actual fact, instrumentalization of, um, of violence came, uh, you know, with colonization, and from colonization came to apathy, knowing very well that if, if, if a certain group of people does not respond to the demand, therefore we're going to use this weapon, um, then, of course, people get... get to learn that in actual fact you can use violence uh, to get what you want. Uh, and then you realize that then men um, also learned that um, even in, 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 in situations of um, or, or romantic situations, if a woman does not accede to your demands, then you have to use aggression. What is worrying is that that aggression does not only end with beating, it goes even beyond that, as you indicated, that women are being um, uh, maimed, women are being you know, killed and even sliced 
to pieces and even bent um, beyond recognition by people who at some point in time have claimed to love them. So that is a problem. That is a social problem that we need to look at. Um, we look at it from a point where we say, how do we socialize um, our children? How do we socialize a boy child? How do we socialize a girl child? Such that when such situations, uh, when a situation of disagreement with your partner arises, when it's a situation of disagreement with your, with, with your friend, with your sister arises, how do you deal with it? Um, in our homes, our children, they learn best from us as parents. If I, as a father, uh, the best way of dealing um, with issues um, between myself and my wife is to slap her, or even not slapping him, um, verbal abuse, then my, my, my boy child is listening to me. He sees that, oh, actually, you can instrumentalize aggression, you can instrumentalize violence against somebody who doesn't want to comply with you. So at all. You know, uh, Dr. Ngobe, we, we, yes, I know there's more cases reported of males being violent towards women. But I'd also like us to, to, to bear a thought for the men who have suffered violence in intimate relationships, um, physical, sexual, emotional, uh, financial, whatever violence they've suffered. Because some men have come out to say, we've never had an opportunity to go and report because we are looked at as, as less than a man. So let's spare thought for that as well. And as we are mentioning this intimate uh, violence of partners, not only um, have it skewed at the perspective of the man uh, being the instigator against the woman, but at times it is even vice versa. Um, I, I don't know if I'm correct in saying so, but I just always feel the plight of a man who is not able to go to a police station and report because he's a man and he's going to be laughed at. Yes, unfortunately, we'll never know exactly the number of mm. um, of men who are who fall victims to intimate partner violence. But there is no doubt that there is quite uh, there is quite a significant number. But when you come to compare uh, statistically the number of men, basically in terms of um, or you you know the figures that are out there as may be reported, you realize that it will be one in ten men who become victims of intimate partner violence, um, and then one in every three women in South Africa. Uh, they are a victim of that, and you realize that um, for every rather um, 50% of women who die, who, who are killed, um, who are killed in, in South Africa, in most likely 50% of them they are killed by their intimate partners. So then that is to show, show you, and we, do, we don't have those stats of 50% um, of men who are killed in South Africa are killed by women. So it, 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 that's why you realize that we tend we tend to talk more about what is more prevalent. Um, you know, the, 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 this intimate partner violence being directed towards women. And we're talking more on that with the hope that as we speak more, as we raise our voices, then, of course, even the, 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 the other gender as well will realize that in actual fact we're not supposed to do that. But, of course, we're talking more about what is more prevalent uh, in our society. Not not to say it doesn't happen to men, as I'm indicating, one mm. in ten men. That one is actually a, a number. It, it's not even supposed to be there. But in any case, we are putting more effort towards women. Let's go to a voice note. Um, A-teamers, please share your views, share your experiences around this issue of intimate partner violence. Our lines are open on 011-714-2006 or you can send us an SMS on 41391. Uh, voice notes go to 0614104107.
Let's play a song. Let's play a song. Ah, this is Patricia. This is Pat. Uh, good evening, man. It is my swabbing girlfriend and my lady. All I can say, don't judge me by hating women, but it's all about the pride of a woman. Woman got all, hence she misrepresent whatever is happening. What is painful about me as a man is denial of service delivery. I mean, in the bedroom, annually seven to hospital. If I am in denial of that by a woman, that's all is causing all this mess, ma'am. Please, women must swallow their pride and give their men rights. Thank you. Wow. Swallow your pride and give the man rights. Sure, that's a bit scary. Uh, Dr. Ngobe. Dr. Ngobe. In fact, I did not hear a thing of what the HM is I'm going to repeat it. I'm going to repeat this one because I don't want it to to be uh, Patricia said. Let me repeat it. I hope you will hear this time. Yes. Let's play a song. Let's play a song. This is Patricia. This is Pat. Good evening, ma'am. It is my swabbing girlfriend and my lady. All I can say, don't judge me by hating women, but it's all about the pride of a woman. Woman got all, hence she misrepresent whatever is happening. What is painful about me as a man is denial of service delivery. I mean, in the bedroom, if I am in denial of that by a woman, that's all is causing all this mess, ma'am. Please, women must swallow their pride and give their men rights. Thank you. All right, Dr. Nova, I hope you heard it this time. Yeah, I had bits and pieces of it, but uh, the, the, the part that I had um, is when the ATM is talking about um, not being given his conjugal rights as a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I hear it correctly? Yeah, yes. and women yes. must swallow their pride and give their, the men what the men wants. No, it doesn't work that way. There's, in fact, let me start here. There is no reason that that can ever be good enough to necessitate aggression against the other partner, against a woman, or or even against a man. You can never. There can never be a good reason in, in, for 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 one to do that. Whether you are being denied your conjugal rights, whether your wife is being disrespectful, this is an adult. You are. You can. You must never find yourself in a position where you say, "My wife is disrespecting me. Therefore, I'm raising my hand." You, in, in the African context, we've got a way. Even not even in the African context, because we say this is a global issue. It happens. Uh, New Zealand is one of the leading countries. In the U.S., this is a, a you know a, a, a prevalent issue as well. So it happens globally. But you, you you know within our context, you know that if you are starting to deal, uh, you, you know you've got issues in your relationship with your wife. There are, you know, structures, there are systems through which um, your issues can be dealt with. If, you, if your family can't provide that, 
that support to deal with those issues. Then you move out and you look at uh, look at for systems within the society. That's why you've got your social workers. That's why you've got your psychologists to try and intervene and see those who go to church. The um, they have uh, their pastors who try and intervene on some of these issues at times. It's important that when you see this coming up, in some of the cases you realize that you you, you begin to fight with your partner and the fight that you have with your partner that does not start with you if you look at your relationship if you look at your family and look at the family um of your of your, of your partner as well you may find that one of you might have also come up from a, in, an environment where that was also prevalent and now it's enacting again in their situation so you cannot perpetuate it here because once you, you continue with it it's most likely that your children are going to be um going to perpetuate it as well because they've learned it from from home. so they it, it will never stop so in essence, I'm saying there can never be a reason good enough for you to actually abuse um, your partner because uh, for whatever reason, you, can, you cannot do that. If your partner can't, can't give you your conjugal rights, you need to engage, find out why, why is it that because this is my right, but it's your right, you need to ensure that you, ne- you nurse your partner to a point when you know that in the evening you want to be intimate with your partner, it does not start in that, at that moment. It starts in the morning when you wake up. How you massage her, how you talk to her. The whole day, even when you're at work, you're busy responding here, you're busy sending them messages. Um, and you're talking, this is the love language because it's an intimate partner. This is the love language. By the time you get to a point where you want to be intimate with your partner, already that is an icing on the cake because you've done the rest of the, uh, of the job during the day. So you shouldn't be um, demanding and say, this is my right, it's my time now, I need it here and now. You'll never get it. Even if your wife is to, is to, is to accede to your demand, you realize that that is not um, love making. That would actually amount to rape Because she's not even willing. Emotionally, she's not there. She's not giving it to you because you're demanding. You're saying, you're saying it is your right. She's giving you a right, but you look at her face at that moment, you realize that you are repeated at that point in time. You know what, uh, Dr. Ngube, in this closet conversation, I'm just going to say in response to that particular message, no one's body, no matter what agreement you're in, marriage or just a relationship, no one's body belongs to any other person except the person. So my body is not my partner's right. My body is my body. Um, and, and if your urges make you feel that you can violate me it means you have something that needs to be psychologically um, assessed and assisted with because your urges can uh, you can quell them in other ways you don't have to be abusive towards your partner because we're now needing um, intimately we need to be fair to each other we need as 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 partners to respect each other's bodies and each other's spaces because when we start speaking that sort of language of my woman my man must uh, we're taking ownership of we did not create any human being but we take ownership because we want to control and i think this is where the violence comes from especially with intimate partners Precisely, so truly, you are putting it so well. In actual fact, when you are getting into into a relationship, they, you are getting into some sort of a contract to say, yes, I'm giving you a right to my body, and you are having a right to my body, I'm having a right to your body as well. But this is a contract that you need to negotiate on 
on a daily basis, every minute we need to negotiate. So we can't say we engage, we, we got into this contract, it's a done deal. No, every day, this contract, we need to go back and say, okay, are you fine with this? And you, you have to get that content that says, yes, I'm fine. If you realize that things are becoming difficult, even the negotiations are becoming difficult, then you need to say, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. Where are we missing it? Where are we getting it wrong? Unfortunately, uh, there are individuals who are not prepared to go back to the drawing board to review and say there must be something wrong. Why is it every time when we have to when we have to um, engage in this partnership, do the things that are meant to be done in this partnership? Where every time there's, there's so much struggle. So why is it? It shouldn't be. There shouldn't be struggling. And if you realize that you are struggling, go back to the drawing board. You do not force. You do not impose yourself. As you are putting it so totally, you do not own, despite the fact that we've got this social agreement, this social understanding, you do not own, you negotiate every minute of it. Mm-hmm. So if it, if, it, if it becomes discussed, let's go back to the drawing board. Most definitely. Um, let me go to this message. It says that gender-based violence is something that has to do with the something missing that previously was a deterrent, like being brought up in a family with moral values as a way of life, unlike today, where everyone would do as they like because they have rights. This is from David Mtunzi in Mabato. Another A-teamer here has sent a message saying, Good evening, Patricia and fellow listeners. It's uh, Mikateko from Khapani. Uh, as long as we don't view violence as violence and keep on talking about violence against women only, we still going to count a lot of statistics of violence. Let's change the tune and address the issue of violence in its fullness. Violence against any human is evil. And I agree with Mikadeko. Dr. That's true. That's true. A violence, and I think it, it goes back to the point that you raised earlier on to say, what about the violence that is directed mm. to men? It is still violence. Nothing can justify it. If, if there's a reason, if you begin to have reasons why you, you must be aggressive towards another individual, then you know that something, you need intervention. You need assistance at that point in time. And it does not, you know, no one just wakes up today and they become aggressive. It begins with the thought the feeling, the thought, then you begin to have that thought process that says, you know what, this is how I'm going to behave, this is how I'm going to teach her a lesson, this is how I'm going to deal with this individual. But with the minute we have got those thoughts, that, that is the time where you're supposed to begin to say, I need assistance. Once you begin contemplating, you know, uh, you, you know, violence against another individual, you must know that at that point in time, you need assistance. Seek assistance before you even enact it, sort of. Mm, very true. I'm going to the lines now. We've got uh, Atima Aisha. Good evening, Aisha. Good evening, uh, Patricia. I'd just like to crack a joke with you. You've got some interesting listeners. What was that one in KwaZulu Natal that said six was a procedure? And now you've got this one saying that sexy service delivery. <laughs> anonymous like in Durban. Off. It was anonymous in uh, Durban a couple of uh, months ago. <laughs> and now it's Maswabi in Bloemfontein. I, Aisha, you've got a good memory. I just want to ask you, uh, make a comment and ask your guest a question. I'll begin with a comment. Before 1994... We didn't see this rate of violence in South Africa. That's one. Two, what does he call the violence? Uh, name it. What does he call the violence 
that the state enacts on its citizens daily, which, in my opinion, is a reason, part of the reason for this gender-based violence that we see, due to the men's frustrations. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the last thing is... Mm, no, no. Let me leave it there. You're going to leave it there. All right. Let me yeah. just find out. Okay. Did you hear um, Aisha's comments and questions? Yes. Um, All right. Excellent. Um, Aisha, oh, yeah. you can listen on the radio. Thank you very much. And I'm so glad that you reminded me of uh, the procedures and now the service delivery. Hey, A-teamers, we've got an A-teamer who's on the ball counting the register. Aisha, be <laughs> careful of her. I love it to bits. Um, so, yeah, Dr. Ngobe, please uh, do respond. Yeah, um, Aisha, thank you very much for the, that comment and the question. She spoke about the pre-1994 uh, situation that we didn't have in this. In this aspect, it's difficult to make um, a, a comparison because um, even the, the openness of the media uh, wasn't as it is now. Now cases are reported on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, you've got media, you've got social, social media in actual fact. Social media is making uh, things more, more, more open, putting things uh, in, in the open quite easily. If something happens here and now, and the neighbor hears, hears whatever is happening, yeah, it quickly go to, to Twitter, they quickly go to Facebook, and, and so forth and so on. And then the next thing you know, tomorrow morning, it will be headlines on, on mainstream media. So we didn't have that in 1994. So it does not say, it does not mean that it, was, it wasn't happening. But of course, you, 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 you may have a point to say, as we... We live a daily our lives. We realize that we are. Somebody spoke earlier on of of the values that we seem to be surely slowly and surely becoming um, a valueless society. We do not know the, the value of another person. We, we we do not know how to to treat another person in a dignified manner. We seem to be losing that on a daily basis. Of course, pre 1994, that was there, but that was collective violence targeted against a, a certain group of people. That was collective violence. Um, so it, 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 it was. There. So one might, might uh, as I indicated, you may want to link that collective violence with the kind of violence that we see nowadays, um, interpersonal violence that we that we're experiencing, that even emanates as we're seeing um, even within um, in, in intimate partners. Then you, you also spoke of um, um, the instigating factors um, of, um, of of violence. In actual fact, it does happen. It does not. You know, when you speak of intimate intimate um, violence, it does not happen in a vacuum, as I indicated earlier on. One does not wake up today and say, "This is what I want to do." There, there will be quite a lot of other other situational issues that contribute to that, or rather, that, that will culminate into that situation where eventually somebody chooses to um, to be violent against another. But we are saying, whatever the case. Whether your, your wife or your partner did not cook for you or your partner refused to sleep with you, whatever the case, or in actual fact, it might be some, some of these reasons might, might be peripheral. You realize that perhaps, you know, there, there's an issue between families, you know, families in law, what, what you call it, um, uh, parents in law, other people, the extended family, there are issues there. Instead of addressing those issues, you now bring them and now your, your partner becomes the, the target. 
you want to show that family that they can't do that with you. And in actual fact, if you, you are teaching them a lesson, you're going to deal with their, with, with their, with their child, with their daughter, uh, with their son. Uh, you, you know, so these are the, some of the instigating, but there's quite a lot of them. We, we cannot count and finish all of them, but there's quite a lot of them. So, but in, in, in essence, what I'm saying is that it, all the violence that happens does not happen in vacuum. There will be instigating issues, you know, that, that, that lead to that. That's why in, um, in psychology, there is even a, a, a what called a theory that we refer to as the I cubed uh, uh, theory, where we're looking looking at the instigation, what's prompting. Then we also also look at the impellence. These are the aggravating factors uh, that w- w- once the, the instigating factors have arisen, then there will be aggravating factors again on that kind of an issue. But then there will be the, the third arm, which is the, the in, in inhibition within that I cubed uh, theory. Inhibition is, is saying, despite the fact that they are instigating factors, they are impe- impelling factors, but the in, in, in inhibition is bigger and stronger than the, uh, the, the first two of them, the first two elements. But in the event where the first two factors like instigation and impellence are stronger, then you realize that there will be violence and there will be more aggression. It, it, it is more usually ideal to say to have those inhibiting factors being stronger than the instigating and the impelling factors at all. Okay, so Maswabi sent a voice note earlier, right? And he's now sending a follow-up a message via whatsapp saying this is where women lose it by saying my body is my body well when a man goes out to see green pastures women in marriage cry again it's not about physical violence but internal hurt done by lady in marriage how does your guest solve it maswabi in bloemfontein It starts with um, um, self-control, certainly. As an individual, you must always know that, look, in driving, there's what we refer to as defensive driving. You're driving your vehicle, but you know very well that there might be another driver who's who's careless who might end up hitting you. So as you're driving your vehicle, you're also checking around what are the behaviors of other drivers so that you try and avoid a situation where you're eventually involved in, in an accident. No one wants to find themselves in an accident. Why is it that in relationships we fail to be defensive, defensive to try and avoid violence at all costs? You may be, you cannot control somebody's behavior. You cannot control how your wife behaves. You can only talk to them. But the best way of controlling the situation or, or, or rather ensuring that you don't eventually end up in, in violence is to ensure that be, be, be prepared to say, what if my wife behaves in this way? What if my husband behaves in, in this way? How will I deal with it? From time and again, certainly, we hear discussions, we engage in discussions where you hear somebody will say, no, if my wife does that to me, I'll kill them. If my husband does that to me, I'm going to boil water and, and burn them. And then you realize that there's trouble, there's an impending problem here. There's trouble brewing here. Because these things do happen. And if it happens, and already you've shown that you're going to, you're going to, uh, to be aggressive towards your partner. In actual fact, there are individuals who say, you know what, if this happens, I've got a better way of handling it. If either I leave the situation or I find a better way of engaging to, to a point that my partner understands that this is not supposed to be the case. In most cases, the partners who end up leaving relationships, if they don't believe it an instant, they give themselves time to say, okay, I want to see, maybe it might change, maybe it might change, and eventually they end up leaving. But sometimes it's unfortunate that some of them don't even get to that point where they leave.
because they end up being killed in, in those kind of relationships. Mm. So we're saying it is important that when you see these situations happening, you need to be mindful, be cognizant of, or rather be mindful of the behavior of your partner. And if you think that this is really getting out of hand, move out of the situation immediately or seek help immediately. Do not wait uh, for that moment where you say, you know, I'm, I'm going to count three times and if, if it fails on the third time, I'm going to leave. No, because you might not get that third time. It's unfortunate that is where we've, uh, the situation where we've, we've come, come now. But in the past, you realize that, um, you know, women were more resilient they will, they will, in, in the, withstand all the, the abuse from their, from their husbands and, and, and whatnot. But there wasn't uh, quite a lot of, um, of femicide. There wasn't quite a lot of, of instances where women are, are killed. In that, in, that's why you realize even our, our mothers or older, the older generation, even to this day, you still find them in marriages because they were not most likely to be killed. But now, unfortunately, this, this generation, the current situation is so different. You know, you get into a, 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 a heated debate or heated situation now, you might not see the next minute. So it is important to be able to raise the situation and be in a position to, to defend yourself by moving out of that kind, of, that kind of a situation. It is best to move out while you still can, um, as opposed to waiting until it's too late. Let's go to some of the voice notes that ATMs have sent. We have days of uh, anti-violence, days of uh, love, days of youth, everything, uh, days of women, week of women's week, women's month, all of that, women and children. But we do not have a day in South Africa where people we say this day people will be leaving abusive relationships. People stay in abusive relationships and this links to all of this. People deny the warning signs. People must learn to leave abusive relationships. Leave abusive. Let there be a day or a week or a month, maybe two months in SA. Dedicate those months to leaving abusive relationships. Let be campaign on radio, just like Arrive Alive, COVID, leave abusive relationship. Good evening, Patricia. Yeah, I just have a question because we have so many programs of gender-based violence, but still this is happening. I don't know, it's like there's something we're missing. It's a comment, not a question, actually. It's, it's, it seems as if there's something we're missing, you know? Because people know what's wrong, they know what is right, but still this is happening, and you just don't know really what is real, what, what is happening. I, I, I just don't know, seriously, because this thing has been... this programs and everything have been happening for quite some time but the more we talk about it the more it happens which is something somehow there's something wrong there's something we're not doing right as a, as a society that's my that's that's my take that's Pierre from Tata thanks 
Yeah, those are the messages from uh, A-teamers. Let me read this one. Good evening, Patricia. Couples have enough time to study and know each other. The problem of being violated is because the goat is marrying a lion. What an analogy. Dr. Ngobi. The violence we've pointed out, yes, there's higher stats um, that women are the ones who are suffering this violence, but we are not eliminating the fact that men also suffer this violence. And I see that a lot of our aid teamers are swaying it towards the sexual violence. The sexual violence, at least, is something you can point at. But the emotional abuse, uh, especially when a partner might have some sort of mental health issue that is undiagnosed, uh, like maybe bipolar or they're narcissist, and they are emotionally abusive, controlling um, partners that are not violent necessarily by nature or even violate you sexually, but partners who control you mentally, who bring you down mentally, isolate you and seclude you from society and your family. We haven't talked about those partners because those are very dangerous partners. They are very generous, so truly. Maybe let me start with uh, the HMR who said uh, you need to leave abusive relationships. Mm. It is, it, ideally, that's what is supposed to happen, but it is not as easy as that. There are reasons why people can leave relationships. For instance, fear of retaliation. There are people who have been killed for leaving in the uh, relationship. So they say, uh, maybe let me try and sit with, uh, with sure. this person. Uh, you know, there are people who don't have alternative means of economic support. So they depend on this partner. Uh, there are people who are concerned about their children. To say, if I leave this situation, then my children are going to suffer. So they stick to that partner. Lack of support from family and friends is another uh, reason um, why people can't leave. They don't have any support. Then there are people who are, who are in fear of losing support of their children. You know, and and, and the other one will be the uh, you, you know they, they, they love this individual. You know, in most cases you love this individual and you're hoping that the situation will change. But of course, the last one would be the stigma associated with divorce. You know, we in our community we talk about we, you know people who have failed in their marriages, uh, who have failed in relationships. So that stigma, people do not want that kind of stigma. And of course, the different types of um, of, of intimate partner violence. Um, it, it, we've spoken about physical violence, sexual violence, but and of course, you are talking about um, the, the psychological aspect of it. Uh, maybe also talk about stalking. You know, mm, because mm. intimate partner violence is not only between people, who, two people who are still in love, even between people who were, who were once in love. And then you find that the other partner is still, you know, coming in and trying to intimidate and making all sorts of demands. That is, that falls within intimate partner violence. Of course, we talk about, about psychological aggression, uh, in the use of verbal and non-verbal communication. Most people in relationships are suffering from this. In actual fact, the state of people, uh, the statistics of people who are suffering, um, people in intimate partner relationships who are suffering from psychological, uh, you know, abuse, uh, is so high, even higher than those who are experiencing physical violence. You might say my partner has never um, laid a hand on me, my partner has never been violent on me, but the kind of emotional abuse that uh, you are enjoying is even greater than, you know, the physical abuse. And others will even say it's better that you hit me than uh, subjecting me to this um, torture. Um, that will be that comes in the form of um, in emotional abuse, and it, it, it does not only start with people when they are old. Others, there's also what we refer to um, as teen dating violence, TDV, teen dating violence. At a young age, teenagers dating, but they experience this violence. Hmm. You know, so we also need to put that into perspective when we're talking about IPV social. You know, I wish we had much more time, Dr. Ngobe, so we can talk about uh, you know what steps should one take. 
to leave? What steps should one take to assist if it's a neighbor or family members? What steps should we take as a society to, to assist those who are perpetrators? Um, and, and I know when we are having these conversations, especially for someone who's listening, they feel as if, Patricia, so far removed from this, you've never experienced it. Dr. Ngobawa's Loto, you never experienced it. But the honest truth is, we are speaking about things that we understand, have experienced sometimes at first-hand basis. So, I wish we had more time. Is it possible that next week we talk about how we can rehabilitate individuals yeah. who are perpetrating violence within relationships, um, yes, whether it's marriages or fathers or mothers, how we can also step away from a relationship that is abusive, whether it is your family members, extended family members who are being abusive physically, emotionally, financially. Can we talk about that? Yes, that'll be perfect. It's a continuation of this one. Yeah, yeah. Be, I uh, think we should, Dr. Ngobe. And maybe also uh, try and talk about, um, you know, where people can find assistance. Because that's sure. another thing. Are they shelters? Do we still have uh, social workers who are able to come in um, and assist? Before we close off, uh, Doc, let me just read this one. Um, one last message from uh, Langton. Langton says, Sis Pat, good evening. May I ask that before the democratic independence of the Republic, um, what was the statistics of violence and crime of this beloved nation and is there anything to learn from that because i think it's frightening now uh langton langton uh, can we give that one to dr Ngube to research for us to say before independence or democracy what were the stats that were being reported and what it is now so that we can start off our conversation like that next week tuesday is that okay dr Ngube? Yes, that will be perfect. Perfect, perfect. I don't know. Do you have a number or, or social media page somewhere, an email address for our A-teamers who just want an ear to listen, a social worker like yourself to help? Yes, uh, yeah, my number, you can find it if you, if, you, if you just put my name on on. on on, on Google, you find my name. If you go to Twitter, Ngobe underscore Mbumelelo, you'll find me there. Then you can DM me, and then we, 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 we talk from there. Um, well, I do have private practice, by the way. Um, so I also assist uh, individuals. I also assist um, couples as well. Excellent. And your practice is in uh, KZN? And no, no, actually, it's in, it's in, it's in Soweto. Mm, um, awesome. Even, yeah, even though I spend most of my time in the free state. Awesome. And you can also do it online. You can do consultations online. The lovely online. thing about the social um, spaces that we are in now. Dr. Ngobe Siabongagakul. So all people have to do is look for Dr. Mpumelelo Ngobe and they'll be able to get you on social media platforms, right? Yeah. Thank you very much. Excellent. Until next week, have a blessed week further. Atimers, it's officially Wednesday midweek, and that means we have a done uh, two days already, Monday and Tuesday. Done, done within this week. We are about to get into the new month. So as we head on to the new day, which is Wednesday, I'd like to wish you all um, that goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.